0: As we are closing in on episode number 200, I hope I am inspiring some of you to tap into your LinkedIn network. Although I am not as active on other platforms and I am trying to be better, LinkedIn, I do check daily. As you can guess, that is where I networked with today's guest. As co-founder and CEO of Intrinio, she is leading her team in an effort to reinvent the financial data supply chain. On their platform, you can access fast, accurate, and affordable financial data through a powerful, easy-to-use API and marketplace. Software developers, financial innovators, analysts, educators, institutions, and startups are building tomorrow's innovations with our data, which are websites, software, terminals, mobile apps, algorithms, you name it. The future of FinTech is powered by Intrinio. Welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. I'm excited to record another episode. My name is Vincent A. Lancy. You can learn more about me on my website, vincentalancy.com. And put your first show with us today, each week since December 2019, I have interviewed the founder of a company or brand to share what works for them, what they needed to improve on, and all of their learning lessons along the way. Of course, we have bonus episodes as well. The Gasparilla Overload series featuring Florida entrepreneurs and Rewind the Clock shows where I bring back guests with new learning lessons. You never know which story you will resonate with most. As I mentioned, she's the founder and CEO of Intrinio, the financial data platform focused on modernizing the supply chain for financial data and making data easier for fintech developers who are redefining the future of finance. She's also a Forbes 30 Under 30 awardee, former engineer, startup advisor, you name it. She's a rock star. Rachel Carpenter, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Of course. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Would you mind introducing yourself to everyone listening on before we learn about your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started and founded Trinio almost nine years ago now. We've had quite the journey, so lots of lessons learned and stories to share. I won't give too much of it away right now, um, but we've got a team of 20 now, um, raised several rounds of financing growing, starting Incredible. to expand their product set and our team. Um, and we're headquartered right here in, in Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg, actually right across the bridge from you. So yeah. excited to be growing and, and meeting other people in the area.
0: I'm excited to be meeting you today. As I mentioned, we were a LinkedIn connection, everyone out there, no matter what your goals are in your business, A cold message is scary, but the worst thing that happens is they don't answer and you get a little practice for the next one. We're lucky enough to have Rachel answer today. And now I want to ask you what pushed you into entrepreneurship?
1: A really horrible boss. Um, I had an awful job in college. Um, I was micromanaged and literally the day that I went to the business school and changed my major, added an entrepreneurship major was the day that I got reprimanded for putting a stamp on an envelope incorrectly. Which, no way. Yes. And it, I was just like, I I could be a better boss than this. I don't want to make people feel this way. This is ridiculous. I'm so undervalued and underutilized. I want to do my own thing. I just don't think I could ever have a boss. And so um, I frankly wouldn't recommend an on, a degree in entrepreneurship because it's not really something you can learn in a classroom at all. You just have the gut, have the guts to do it. Um, but it at least got me thinking along those lines, and I and I started studying that alongside finance. Um, and then I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I ended up meeting my co-founder um, in college and kind of seeing the prototype for something he was putting together that got the sparks flying. And we got together and started started from scratch.
0: I resonate you completely with the terrible boss situation. My last experience in corporate. It just wasn't for me. I realized that some people may be better and thrive in that type of situation. But for me, I never had a mentor, I guess you could say, in finance. I was Merrill Lynch, Northwestern Mutual, PWC. I never really clicked with anyone. Maybe if I did, it would have been different, but I had a bad experience in corporate as well. At the end, I realized like I was meant for more. I can accomplish more. And- I just went for it, as you put. You have to go out and just go for it in entrepreneurship. I say this all the time. There is no blueprint for this. You're gonna fail 99 out of 100 times per day, but you have to find a way to keep pivoting and reinventing yourself. That's a challenge for me. I would love to learn what you find challenging, Rachel, in entrepreneurship.
1: Oh, where to begin? Um, <laughs> it is not an easy path, as you know, right? It's 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 full of challenges. You never know what the next day is going to look like. Um, I would say that something that's been interesting for me is it's a very different lifestyle, right? I oftentimes have friends that say, what time are you done with work today? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. It doesn't ever end. There's an unlimited amount of things. It's not a nine to five. Right. And um, sometimes that's a benefit and sometimes it's a huge detriment. Right. But it's really difficult to find people that understand that people in your family, your friends, it can affect your relationships and not a lot of people live outside the constraints of that nine-to-five work or feel so directly connected to it or that you know as passionate as you are about it and so it can be difficult to date it can be difficult to find friends that understand can be easy to piss off your family right and so that's a challenge that i don't think a lot of people think through is that finding people that can identify with you is really difficult um finding peers that are going through the same thing as, you know, you can run things past and talk to, there aren't a lot of great networks out there for that. And so it's almost like lonely in a way, right? Like there are periods of time where literally nobody in the world understands what you are going through. Um, and I think that's something not a lot of people pr- prepare themselves for.
0: I love how you put that. And I resonate with that. Again, you're hitting everything that I experience where. experience some especially my friends, they're all in maybe not nine to five, but not entrepreneurs where the never ending to-do list, they don't understand all the work that goes on behind the scenes. I've had some guests on here come on, and say when I worked for corporate, I was really lights out at four or five things. I was great. And now all of a sudden I have to be, you know, at least okay in everything. And if I something that helps me is I time block my day, I do 3 a.m. to 3 p.m. is my 12 hours, and then I push it as long as I can, mixed in with the gym and when to prioritize these things. You're just, um, you're hitting it on the head. Anything else really challenging for you?
1: Um, yeah, I would say that also just like not giving up, right? Like yeah. the grit that's required when things go wrong or you run out of money or you don't get an investor or a client leaves or an employee leaves. It, it can be really difficult to just not give up and having the grit to go through, and recognize that the roller coaster always goes back up. Um, you got to take a lot of hits and still stand back up. After, and it, not everybody's cut out for that, right? But being able to take the punches and still stand up afterwards is, is tough. It takes a certain kind of person.
0: The roller coaster always goes back up. The yeah. lows are going to be low. And the only benefit from those lows is they're learning lessons. You find ways to not get that low again. Find ways to, if you get in a similar situation, react better. It's all about learning lessons for me. And I could see it maybe for you too. What is one of your greatest lessons learned?
1: probably could write a book about them at this point in time, but there's one that sticks out in particular. And I, the startups that I advise, I always caution them against this. We had one very large company come to us and request something from us that was not part of our business model, not part of our product set. And it became a shiny penny for us, even though it wasn't really what we did. It was essentially a white label of our entire platform. And it was such an interesting prospect to us that we sunk months of development time. We branded this thing. We had one person who said they wanted it. Granted, it was a multi-billion dollar company, right? And sometimes when you're such a young company, you can see an opportunity like that and get so distracted by it. There's a company I'm a big fan of called Figma. They didn't drop their second product until they had over 200 salespeople. So I ask startup founders that often I say, they're like, oh, we have this new exciting. Now we're going to start building this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't go down the path I did. Have you, have you reached critical mass with your first product yet? Are you Do you have product market fit? Are you scaling? Is there a process that's just bringing in money for you? If not, don't build anything else yet. <laughs> like figure that thing out first and make it scale. That distractions are going to be everywhere, right? And being able to say no when it feels exciting is, is difficult to do.
0: I really like how you said that. It is very easy because as an entrepreneur, you are very ambitious, especially early on. I was doing a thousand things where my one foot in, one foot out was so prolonged because I was a finance major. I still wanted to work with all that. Then I found ways to, okay, maybe I'll leave corporate. I'm still doing real estate. Things that are taking time away from what I'm really trying to accomplish, which is yeah. this that I'm on right now. Where we just put out the most recent mental health book and I have the podcast that really helped me with my main mission of helping each other through our shared stories. You're doing an incredible job right now, Rachel. So thank you for all the golden nuggets you've supplied. Yeah. Now I want to ask you and learn a little more about you. If you could learn from any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you sit down with?
1: This is a tough one because I have a lot of respect for, you know, Rockefeller style, vertically integrated business models from back in the day and those titans and and figuring out kind of what are the parallels between that and some of some of those guys It would be incredible to sit down with. But I thought of a more modern example, which is a bit more relevant to my personal situation. Um, The co-founders of Stripe not sure how familiar you are, Stripe is a digital payments platform that's just gone absolutely bonkers. or incredibly successful. We use Stripe to process payments for our customers. Um, it's, it's run by two brothers, Patrick and John. And I would like to speak to them not only because they've been so wildly successful, but because my brother works with me. He's my chief operating officer. And okay. I think there's historically been the stigma against working with family. We make it work yeah. really well because we get along. We aren't fighting siblings. We're on the same team. We have each other's back. There's a great degree of trust. And for them to have been co-founders and and scaled as successfully as they have, I'd be so curious to talk through that with them. In addition to the fact that they're definitely zeroing in on this kind of developer tools market, like thinking of the developer as the future, especially in finance. They historically haven't been. They've been in the back office, not paid attention to, right? But really they're they're starting to take an increasing front seat and because Stripe took such a developer API platform focus on making things easy for developers, that's exactly what we're doing at Intrinio is making data easier for developers. So from a SaaS business model in the FinTech space, brothers running it, very successful developer focus. Like I could talk to those guys for five hours. So I would love, I would love to meet them.
0: I think we're gonna have to tag them in the post when this episode comes out we'll make that conversation happen let's go a little deeper here Rachel where would the meeting go down if you could pick the location
1: oh man that's I mean it's ski season right now I don't know if they ski they're Irish um but if they skied I would love to meet them on on a ski mountain somewhere because tis the season um but I don't know if they ski or not so maybe I'll give them a lesson how about that
0: All right. If you're listening on, she's challenging you to a lesson. But before that lesson, let's look into the future here with today's guest. What's next for all of your entrepreneurial endeavors?
1: So the data sets that we sell at Intrinio are kind of like core fundamental and equity market data sets. We sell fundamental data, earnings estimates, stock prices, options prices, things like that. Um, We're heavily focused on the U.S. markets because the data is more accessible here. We're going global this year which is a big jump for us because we know that the technology we've built to make sourcing and cleaning and delivering these data sets easier can be applied internationally. But we're a rel- relatively small venture-backed company, right? So right. it's been kind of getting over that hump to say, can we apply this to the European markets, to the Asian markets? There are some regulatory hurdles. There are some language barriers. Mm-hmm. There are accounting standards that are different between IFRS and GAAP. I mean, there's a lot of challenges there, but it's something that our team can't handle um so building some POCs and figuring like out that. how we start adding global coverage would be huge and that's what we're focused
0: on this year. I like that. Before I'm taking this in my notes for when this comes out. Beware if you're once you scale and you try to go internationally, things people may not think about, regulatory differences, accounting differences, mm-hmm. be sure to hire the correct help if you are not a lawyer or specializing in that area and you can definitely find out how to get in touch with today's guest at the end and ask her some questions because she's thrived at doing so. And now, if it is your first time with us, this is where we dive into the spotlight story. Normally, on each episode, my guest and I will dissect another entrepreneur's journey in a similar field to get your take on it. But as we have an all-star female entrepreneur in the finance field today, we're going to look at an incredible organization that I was not too familiar with, the Women Entrepreneurs Finance Initiative, WiFi. That supports women entrepreneurs by scaling up access to financial products and services, building capacity, expanding networks, offering mentors, and providing opportunities to link with domestic and global markets. I'm going to start out with the mission statement from this organization. We believe in women as change agents and drivers of economic growth. They support... Oh, uh, that's the same quote I had. Okay. After all... Uh, All over the developing world, women have successfully made it in business, but they are a small group of women. Only 30% of formal small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs, around the world are owned and run by women. Women entrepreneurs face numerous challenges to financing, open, owning, and growing a business, including legal and policy obstacles to business management and ownership and development. Women-owned SMEs in developing countries can't get the capital they need. They face an estimated credit deficit of nearly $1.5 trillion. It is nearly impossible to start and sustain a business without access to capital. We're going to hear from our guest in just a second as she went through this, starting a company, and she's a rock star at it. WiFi, founded in October 2017, harnesses the public and private sectors to open new doors for women entrepreneurs across the developing world with funding of 354 million dollars from 14 governments, this collaborative partnership among governments, multilateral development banks and other stakeholders has been designed to unlock financing for women-led and owned businesses in developing countries. I right, think this is absolutely incredible. What's your takes on this organization, Rachel? You
1: know, Speak louder than words. There are a lot of people out there. If you ask them, of course, they're going to say that they want to level the playing field. Right. No one's going to say no to that. Um, and there are a lot of corporations that will kind of hoist a female leader up or do something to just show, hey, look, we're helping. But it's it's oftentimes just talking and not doing. And it's oftentimes self. You know, it's, it's for their own self-improvement. It's an image thing, right? To say, hey, look, we did something, right? Um, when the real problem is actually systematic at, at the ground level and requires a lot of work. So it's encouraging to see the work they're doing. It looks powerful and important. And it is challenging. I think mean, less than 3% of venture capital goes to women. Um, and it. I like some of the programs they have in particular because we have a lot of biases in terms of thinking that leadership, good leaders have traditional masculine traits, right? They're authoritative and they're, you know, dictatorial, but in fact, a modern interpretation of what good leadership is, is actually a bit more feminine, right? Are you a good listener? Are you empathetic? And we're starting to realize that those traits actually make better leaders. And we're seeing stats that coming out that say female led companies actually create higher ROI for investors, Right, So the facts are there. The system's not yet, though, right? We can, we can be aware of these things, but it takes programs like this to, to really change things and put money in the hands of women who can build these companies. So hats off to them and their programs.
0: I want to thank you so much for that analysis on this organization. I am so proud that I networked with you because now I can see all the great work you're going to be up to firsthand. Woman-led entrepreneur thriving. I loved in the beginning how I resonated with you right away with the challenging boss and how... These situations, rather than just getting down, we just took it into our own hands and made it work. You mentioned entrepreneurship. Just go out and do it. And I love the reason for choosing Stripe Founders. You work with your family member. You're trying to find new techniques and ways to thrive. Let's tag them for sure when this comes out. Now tell everybody where can they find you, website, everything.
1: Yeah, so you can chat with our team and they'll directly connect you to me on our website, which is www.intrinio.com. I-N-T-R-I-N-I-O. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Rachel Carpenter. Um, I've got a Twitter as well, Rachel underscore An underscore C. Um, So tweet at me, find me on LinkedIn, chat our team on the website. We'd be happy to talk to you.
0: Thank you for sharing all that. And thank you again for joining. We are at That Entrepreneur Show on all social media besides Twitter because of the character limit. We are at Podcasts by Lancey. Of course, my handles are Vincent A. Lancy on all social media, as well as YouTube, and my website is vincentalancy.com. My latest book is Mental Health Week, the go-to book for elementary school students to learn about mental health in a fun way. Let's end with a quote that inspired me. No matter who you are, no matter what you did, no matter where you have come from, you can always change and become a better version of yourself. That is from the Spotlight Entrepreneur of today's show. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week on That Entrepreneur Show. Rachel, thank you. Of course.